You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Dancing Man, a fabulous invalid podcast featuring exclusive behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast and creative team of Bob Fosse's Dancing on Broadway. I'm Jamie Dumont. I'm Rob Russo. And we are your hosts! Yay! Yay! <laughs> we love dancing. Yes, and we're so delighted to be back at Civilian in the fabulous Blue Room. It is blue and it is filled with Broadway memorabilia. I have to say, you need to come... Have a drink and check it out because it's pretty terrific. Yeah, I think that's something we didn't we didn't really do last time is we didn't explain the room that we're in, but it's pretty cool. It is in fact blue, and uh, we're surrounded by all this great uh, show memorabilia, real authentic stuff like props and designs, and like the green elixir that makes the witch green in Wicked. Yeah, I'm looking I mean, at the bottle, it's literally what I'm staring at. <laughs> uh, and how fitting that we would have a little bit of Wicked behind us, not only because of the Wayne Salento connection, but also. Our guest this week uh, is Manny Herrera, who was in the original company of Wicked. I love that segue. And it's so <laughs> true. And he obviously is one of the dancers in Dancing, which is uh, currently in previews at the Music Box Theater. Yes, yes, yes. And we spoke to Manny a couple weeks ago, actually on the day after they moved into the Music Box to begin doing tech. Yes, we did. Manny has been in six Broadway shows. This is his sixth Broadway show. Uh, he has an amazing career, a really interesting background. And it's a family affair because his wife, Corinne, is the associate director and associate musical stager. That's quite a task. Oh, it certainly is. Yes. And, you know, and later on in the show, we'll talk to Corinne as well. Yes. We're going to talk to everybody. We're going to talk to everybody. But first today, Manny. You've wrapped your time in the rehearsal studio. You have moved to the Music Box Theater for tech, and uh, you're two weeks out from starting previews. How do you feel? I'm excited for it, honestly. I think that we're ready for an audience. I think that our we've done all the tweaks that we needed to do. We've added things. We've cut things. I think that the audiences in San Diego were very responsive, mm -hmm. and I'm hopeful that the work that we've done, the changes that we've done will have the same effect on New York audiences. I'm super proud of the show, so I'm ready to get it out there. Let the world see it. The world can't wait to see it. <laughs> Good. Speaking for the world, on behalf of the world, let me say it. The world can't wait to see it. Well, a bit of a spoiler alert. Dancing starts with a little talking. 
And you actually have the great honor of kicking off the show with a direct address to the audience. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that moment and what it means for the show and why it's so important. It's a funny story. You know, they had, they had they did the whole show. They created the whole show. And then Bob apparently one day, like right before the show, like maybe in between like the dinner rehearsal was like, I want you to say this tonight and <laughs> just handed him a piece of paper. And he was like, OK, I, I think I can say it. And it was almost verbatim what I say. Um, I don't really want to give away what course, I say, course. but sure, um, sure, sure. It, it is an introduction to the show. Mm -hmm. um, I, I said to Gia, who is the New York Times reporter, she said, um, what do you consider yourself? And I, I do consider myself more of the temperature setter of the show. Mm. So I feel like however that opening monologue goes, it really sets the temperature of how the evening is going to go. And so there's a lot of pressure there, but <laughs> uh, I, I, I take it on because it's also... Our director, Wayne, got that speech. He said it every night, and then he gave it to me to say. And so it's like, it's it's a lot, but it's fun, you know. It's like one of the first times, I think, in my career that I've been, like, on stage all by myself introducing, you know. So that's that's a big moment. Yeah, yeah. When we talked to Nicole, she talked about how every one of her father's shows always started with an invitation. Yeah. It seems to be exactly what, what yeah. that speech uh, aims to achieve. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Inviting us into the world of the show. And it's also, I think, a, a bit of a surprise too, right? Because everybody's, you know, sitting in their seats, they're ready for this, you know, big flashy opening number or whatever. And then you walk out <laughs> it's like, okay, well. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> do think this? that the audience does expect me to come down and do something. Yeah. And then when yeah. I just speak, they're like, but then it almost lets them off the hook because what I say tells you kind of what you're going to experience. Yeah. Classic Bob Fosse, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to set us up for one thing and right. then give us something else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think is is terrific. You also get to sing Mr. Bojangles not long after yeah. you you invite us into the show, which is the first if not I think it's the first dance that Bob choreographed for the show and it's also very personal for him. So walk us through what it's like for you to perform that. I mean, I have a ton of thoughts on that. <laughs> uh, you know, um, you know, I grew up in the dance world. And mm -hmm. so um, I knew that song very, very well. It kind of has been within my life a lot when I also, once again, Wayne sang that song. And yeah. so I'm singing that song. And I, I really appreciated his approach to how he went about it, where he was like, you know, I want to change it, but we can't change it. Mm -hmm. So how do we make it more current for today? And when you see it, you'll see it really is it's like pays homage to what it was, but we've taken it somewhere else. And now it's more of a, it's more of a scene than mm -hmm. an actual performative song. And so that, that I think is really cool. And I think it's going to be unexpected, but at the same time, people are going to go, Oh, I like that song. I remember that <laughs> song and we've just changed it. So I think that, and we've changed it for the better, not, not, not for just to change it. Such a classic, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. Covered it, you know, so many people, Bob Dylan covered it. So many people have covered that song and it was, such a success um, for such a long period of time. And I think, you know, it's important because I'm not sure if you know this history, but, you know, originally we've, we've, t we've changed it a little bit, but originally Bob, of course, choreographed one section of it, but then there was a section where there was a ballet dancer in the background and mm -hmm. that was choreographed by Nicole, you mm -hmm. know, when she was young, like right. when she was very young, it kind of needs to be there. Like, cause if you're representing Fosse and then you're representing Nicole, it's like, you have to have that in there to um, have the history and the, the the weight of what the show was. It feels important. Uh, what I think about this show in general as a whole is I do believe that it is the return of the triple threat. I mm. think that Broadway has not had triple threats in a very long time. We have double threats, we have single <laughs> threats, but like the triple threat has kind of 
gone away. And I'm hoping and praying that with this show that we get it back. Because, you know, that's how I trained my whole life, to, to do everything, yeah. you know. And so I'm very excited that the audience is actually, I mean, it's crazy. They're literally <laughs> going to see everything that I've ever done in my entire life, career, growing up, everything. So that's It's exciting. all out there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, well, this is, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, your sixth Broadway show. It is. And it's your third with Wayne Salento, a name that's come up several times already. Uh, I'm wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about uh, your relationship with Wayne and what it's like working with him. It's actually my fourth-ish oh, show. Go. I did okay. Golden Boy at City Center with him. That's oh, the first perfect. time I ever worked with him. The thing that I do love about Wayne is that I've, even though I've worked with him four times, I've always had to fight to work with him. Mm. Like he doesn't just go, Manny, you're going to work with me. I've always, I always have to audition. I always have to get past the creative team. I mean, I still even remember when we did Sweet Charity that like, he didn't say anything. Walter Bobby and Cy Coleman. I sang for Cy Coleman and, and Walter Bobby and wow. Red and I got cast because of them, not because of him. He kept his mouth shut, didn't even say he knew me. Wicked was the same. Actually, I'm not sure if he remembered me because <laughs> at, Wicked, at Wicked, when I first worked with him, I think I was 18, and then with Wicked, I was 19. And so it was like, I'm not sure if he remembered who I was exactly, but <laughs> so that was like definitely earning it on my own as well. Um, and this one's the same, you know, it's like the, uh, this one, he literally was, he was running the helm and you know, he nobody, not the, not the producers, not the um, casting director, nobody had any idea that he knew me. And so, you know, I, I respect that and appreciate that, you know, because there are a lot of people, which I think is a good thing as well. There are a lot of people that have their people and they right. go, I'm going to work with him, I'm going to work with her, I'm going to work with them. And they do that, which is great, but I do appreciate that he gives everybody a fair shot to get the job, whether you know him or not. That's a really amazing insight into his process and his personnel, which, you know, is so important. I wonder if this is maybe getting too psychological, but you know, if that's rooted in his experience as a dancer, the, the idea of having to earn it once, once you're there, it's like, Oh, well, I've earned this. Yeah, for you know? sure. I mean, it changes if, the, the culture in the room. If I you imagine. just go back and look at any of the footage of him or his generation, I still think that our generation lacks a little bit of what they had. There just aren't the dance stars that there, there were back then. It's mm -hmm. also just the way that they, it goes back to what I said about triple threat. Like right. they really truly were great at everything. And so they just stood apart from everyone else. I think our cast has that. Yeah. I think he found that. I think they found it. So I'm excited. Well, let dancing be the show that brings back the dance star. Yeah. I <laughs> hope so. Yeah. I hope so. It'd be nice. This is your first Broadway show in about 14 years. Yeah. What was it about dancing that made you want to do the show? Oh, I think that you'll find as you interview more of the older people in the cast, you're going to find that shows like this don't happen mm. and don't happen for people like us, like once in a generation. Um, and uh, I think it brought a lot of people out of retirement. <laughs> I don't consider myself retired at all, but I definitely had kind of hung up my dance shoes. I was yeah. like, you know, I don't know. I think I'm just going to focus on acting and trying to do more roles and stuff like that and more television and film. And then this came up and, you know, even it was funny. I was, where was I? I was, I think I went to Wayne's house for a barbecue and he was like, you know, I'm bringing dancing back. And I was like, cool, great. That's awesome. He's like, you need to audition. I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, I was like, I'm really out of shape. He's like, you know, Bob brought me out of retirement. I'm going to bring you out of retirement. You better audition. And I was like, oh, okay. And so like, you know, I, I hard to say no to that. I right? basically, yeah, I basically got myself into training for like three months before the audition. Wow. And then even after I, after I booked it, I've consistently been training. I mean, I just went to the gym before I came here because 
the show is so demanding and difficult that you have to train for the show. In an interview in San Diego, you said something that really struck with me and it stayed with me. I'm going to read it to you. There are things that people can do that I can't do, but nobody can be me. I thought that was a really powerful, vulnerable, and beautiful you know, thing to say uh, as a dancer, as a performer. I'm wondering if you could share a little bit more about what you mean by that. I think that all dancers, all performers, everyone needs to understand that their only competition is themselves. Mm. Um, and I think that in this business, we get caught up in, because it is a dis- business where we're on display, we are our own business. We <laughs> are we are what people are trying to hire. But I don't think that we feel that. We feel like we have to fit in boxes. Mm. We feel like we have to, if we're sitting in a room and there's in a waiting room and there's like 10 people that look exactly like you, you start to go, oh, well, I don't have anything to offer. And then you start beating yourself up and taking yourself apart. And it's like, I think it comes with age. I've started to realize that no one can be me. And so I have to own that and harness that and release that and go, this is who I am. And if I don't give everything a thousand percent, then I shouldn't have ever been there. And so I really throw myself into everything a thousand percent and I give my full me always. And <laughs> And it's starting to like really pay off for me. I think people are, they like me more. They, mm. they, they like my art more. They, they appreciate my sense of humor. And I think they appreciate my talent. And like I said, you know, I'm not the youngest in the cast. I used to be able to do the things that some of the <laughs> younger ones can do, but I've, I appreciate their power and their um, uh, just, their kind of like, inhibition to just throw themselves against the wall and like throw it all out there. But I do appreciate where I've come to now where I can, I can take a breath. I can take the process a little slower. I can start to focus on the style and what, why, and I, this goes back to what I think about Wayne's generation is a step wasn't a step. A step was a part of their soul that came out. And I'm trying to embody that every hand is it means something. What does it mean to me? It doesn't have to mean something to you, but what it means to me will come out of my fingers and out into the audience and they'll feel something. And they may not know what it is and they may not feel the same thing that I feel, but they're getting me. Is that freeing as a dancer, as an artist, that knowledge? Yeah. And it takes a while. I mean, I think it's the same thing with a relationship. You know, it's like when you're in a relationship, the first three, two to five years, you're a little bit like, are you in? Are you out? Are you in? Are you out? Am I in? I'm going to stay, you know, and then when you get to that like seven year itch, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I can be myself. (laughs) Like, I don't have to worry that you're going to leave the room or like, if I say this, that you're going to go, you know, it's like you finally can truly be yourself. And I think it takes a long time. And I think that as an artist, you never arrive. You're constantly trying to grow and learn. And if you aren't doing that, then you're doing a lot of things wrong. Mm. You have to constantly investigate. Uh, you know, I had an acting teacher that basically told me, he was like, you know, you need to read, you need to experience life, take your headphones out, walk around, experience life. Cause that's how you become a great actor is by taking life experiences and putting them into your arsenal, into you. And so it is freeing. It's a, it's very freeing now to be in this place. So. That's an interesting idea that you, Manny, the person, and then Manny, the dancer, you're like in a relationship together, right? Oh, yeah. Like it's <laughs> it, like you are with your wife or your children or yeah. your f- close friends or your family. It's it's a 
I never thought about it like that. That's an interesting way to look at your art and how you how you approach it. Yeah, I mean, it's totally a relationship, and it can be healthy and it can be unhealthy, and especially <laughs> for a dan- for a dancer when you're yeah. in front of a mirror all the time, it can mm-hmm. be a very unhealthy place. Yeah, and so you really truly have to love yourself fully, and that that is a battle constantly mm-hmm. as a dancer. I think mm-hmm. with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details well something we've heard from many fossey folks that we've uh, interviewed over the years and certainly seems to be true of this production is how Bob and now Wayne both have sought people who are what you just described, right? Like are just themselves, right? And, and just fully there and present and aren't performing in a way, you know, I mean, obviously it's a performance, but you're there, you're authentic. You know, it seems to be like one of the key things that distinguishes the Fosse world from maybe other musical theater, dancing, you know, worlds. Yeah. I mean, I think you just need to go back and just do a deep dive into every show that Wayne's done Mm -hmm. and just look at the casts. The casts are never what you think they're going to (laughs) be. They're never what you expect. He does tend to have like one or two people that kind of go from show to show, but usually it's a brand new cast with people he's never worked with before. And yet it's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting and it's unexpected. And all of a sudden those people become like, wow, I had no idea that they were that talented. You know, it's he's he's definitely got a great way of finding individuals and finding what that individual, it may not be exactly what he wants, but he knows that that is what he needs to mm-hmm. tell the whole story. Um, and I find that fantastic dance it's more than and wayne did say that to us the first day he was like you're not just dancers in this show yes people are calling you dancers and but he's (laughs) like no you carry the show you're acting you're singing you're dancing you are the show trust that don't you're not just dancers and i think that his generation a lot of the fossey stuff leans more towards the 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 actor in in your dancing. You can't just do the steps. Mm -hmm. It has to mean something. Back to what you were saying about performative, you know, Wayne does say, and I've been trying to apply this note a lot, is that when you perform for the audience, it makes the audience take a step back without meaning to. It's just a lot of information and a lot of energy coming at them when it's right at them. But if you start to dance and perform for yourself, it makes the audience get on the on their, on their, you know, on the front of their seats and want to get closer and want to get up on stage. And I do feel like our version of this show makes people want to get up. I mean, I I couldn't tell you, I mean, when we were in San Diego, I was shocked. (laughs) We were there for such a short period of time and people would come up to me and go, this is my seventh time. I'm like, gosh, seven, (laughs) we only have 59 shows. How did you do that? And, you know, people were just constantly coming back. And I think, 
I'm jumping ahead. But I think the thing about this show that's so fantastic is that once you see somebody, which everybody has a soloist moment, Mm -hmm. once you see that individual as a soloist, all of a sudden you're on that train with them and you start tracking them throughout the whole show. And there are going to be audience members that are going to have their favorite performers. And they're going to want to come back over and over again to go, what part did I miss when they were on stage? It's a big experience at first. It's a a bit like, wow, this is so much. And I think people are going to want to come back just to experience it again and experience it in a way where they can really track one individual the whole show, yeah. track two individuals, find their favorite performers. I think it, I do believe that that's going to be how it goes. Well, I'm wondering, um, just taking a step back, if you could talk to us a little bit about your childhood and, and when you started dancing, what made you start dancing? Dance is kind of like in my blood. My grandfather opened... Uh, a dance studio in his living room like 80 plus years ago as a tap and ballroom studio. Um, My grandmother came to take classes and kind of they fell in love, of course, and she had a ballet background. And so then they kept the studio in the living room for many, many years. They had my mom and my uncle. And then my mom, when she was about 12 years old, took over as like the jazz and and all the newer styles of Mm -hmm. dance. And then they finally moved to a bigger space and had like a real studio. And um, my uncle kind of took over a lot of like the the business end of things. My grandfather was in and out of the business. <laughs> um, and then when I was born, you know, kind of as daycare, my mom put me in uh, the pre-class yeah. when I was about two. Wow. And then when I was about seven, I started taking it very seriously. And so much seriously that uh, I was taking privates at other studios. I was guesting with different companies. And then when I was about 12 or 13, I went to the Kirov Academy in Washington, D.C. for a summer program, found this like new love for ballet, like this, mm-hmm. I really wanted to do ballet. And I went to School of American Ballet when I was 15, turning 16 um, for the summer program. And I've kind of been in New York ever since. Wow. Um, I would still compete with my home studio on weekends that I was free. And randomly by chance, I was at this big dance competition in New York for their nationals and Jay Bender happened to be there. <laughs> and it was around the same time that the Susan Stroman Music Man was happening. Mm-hmm. And he got people to get in touch with me, asked me to audition for Music Man, but never auditioned for anything musical wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I my mom always told me that I had a natural voice. And so I sang, I sang, this is the moment. <laughs> Little Jacqueline Hyde. Yeah, yeah. For, Su- for Susan Stroman. <laughs> and uh, uh, Jay pulled me out in the hallway and he was like, you know, we're going to keep doing the audition. He's like, but I want you to know, I need you to go to the theater now and have a fitting. You got the show. And I was just like, what? Wow. You know, I, it was my first audition. I wasn't expecting, I was going the ballet route. That was yeah. what I was going to do. And then I had to make a hard decision, you know, because the plan was is that at the end of that year, I was going to become an apprentice in New York City Ballet. And um, I had to make a hard decision. And luckily, my, you know, one of my favorite teachers at the school, Jock Soto, um, I saw him one evening and he was like, you know, Manny, we're always going to be here for you. He's like, I think you just need to go. And like, it, I think you're going to be happier there. And I was like, really? And he's like, he's like, yeah, I think so. He's like, I mean, you're going to be a principal on Broadway. Go. He's like, we'll be here. And it kind of just, that's kind of what happened. I just left and never went back. So been, you were what, 18 years old, 17? How old Music man? Yeah. 17. 17. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's crazy. I call that being in the right place at the right time because yeah. that was definitely not my path. That was not <laughs> the way I was headed. I mean, I had 
the background of it because that's what my family did. You know, right. I mean, I grew up born dancing. Yeah, I grew up. <laughs> I grew up studying Giordano and Luigi. I actually took private classes with Luigi here in the city. Um, not many people even know who Luigi is anymore, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. But um, Luigi is kind of the godfather of jazz. You know, he he everyone took from him Liza Minnelli, all these people. Yeah. But even more funny on my grandfather. My grandfather actually trained and brought, I don't know if you know him, but trained and brought Timmy Everett up to the city. And Timmy Everett was the Tommy Gillis in the Music Man movie. Oh, okay. And so he was my grandfather's student. And my grandfather was really good friends with Liza Minnelli. And so it was like, you know, it's like my grandfather was a very interesting, um, like kind of old school, knew everybody, had friends in the city, but was in North Carolina and like go to the plaza and have tea with (laughs) Liza. And like, it's like crazy. It's very crazy. Weird. Where's yeah. that book? Yeah, Team exactly. Liza. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Team with Liza. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would see that. I would see the movie too. You know, <laughs> it really is in your blood. Yeah, no, no question. You've worked with an incredible list of choreographers. Your training is impeccable. I'm curious what Bob Fosse means to you. I have a very um, interesting because of my training and the yeah. way I was brought up, and being the only boy. I was taught and also kind of scolded very young for dancing effeminate or dancing with an androgynous thing. And that's back then, you know, that's the way it was. You needed to represent as a man and dance as a man. So the first time I saw Fosse's work was probably in Fosse, the show. And I remember saying, I really like it. I don't think it's for me because I think it's a little bit it doesn't lean towards the way I'm trained. And then throughout doing research, when, when I did Sweet Charity, I started stumbling upon footage of Bob doing his work. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> wow, like that is incredible. I have to do that. Like I, this, I'm meant to do this kind of stuff. It's the way I felt about Jerome Robbins stuff when I first started. I, I always knew that I wanted to do Jerome Robbins. Fosse, I wasn't sure until I saw him do it. Mm-hmm. And then if I, you dig deeper and deeper and deeper, you just start to go, this man, the body of work that he has is just, when you think about like numbers in our show specifically, like the percussion, uh, mm-hmm. the percussion numbers, Calypso, you think about Dancing Man and then Sing, 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 the, from here, from left to right, from all ends of the spectrum, the body of work that he has. And then you see like how incredible of a tapper he was. And then you can also see all of his timing and his counting is based in tap. Because it doesn't always make to normal dancers, it doesn't make sense because <laughs> it's like and boom, and you're like, oh, wait, uh, you want my body to do what? But his choreography feels so good to do. Mm. It's one of the very few times when I leave a number and I'm not like, oh god, that hurts so bad. Like it, it hurts so good. Like it just feels <laughs> right. Can you expand just a little bit on what that what you mean by that? It feels so good. I consider it like a feeling of like your blood getting hot. It's the kind of choreography, and it's very similar to Jerome Robbins, that kind of good feeling. It's like it literally, it takes over. And you're no longer you anymore. Even though you are, you're just like you've been taken to another place. Because you can, and every piece of choreography that he does is different. And so it's a different experience. And that, you know, Wayne said that too. He's like, every time you come out from the wings, you're somebody else. Every time you come out from the wings, you're somebody, every step you do, you're that person, you're that, you're this, you're that character. And it literally, yeah, it feels good. It's like a blood, blood warming good. You know, (laughs) it's like getting in a hot tub. You're just like, oh gosh, you know, it's, it, it does. And it's hard, it's hard, but it's, it's not, it's not painful. You know, Mm. some choreography is really brutal and painful. This one, this is like, it just feels right. 
it's challenging, but it lives within you. Yeah. Is, is what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. Time. Well, I have to wonder, um, you mentioned now uh, a little earlier about how um, seeing Fosse dance is sort of the moment that clicked yeah. for you. I'm wondering if the alley dance from my sister Eileen was one of those yes. things you saw. And yes. now, of course, you get to do it. Yeah. No, it's definitely, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an awesome moment. Like, I mean, I, I've, I've literally still to this day, I mean, just two nights ago, I just sat and put it on repeat and just yeah. watched it over and over and over. And I was studying and studying and I keep finding new things that he did that I want to implement in my performance. That's the thing about his stuff is that you can, you can continue to reinvestigate, continue to find new stuff. It never gets old. The movement never gets old. I mean, even all of the shows out of town, I don't feel like I ever got to a place where, because when you do shows for a long period of time, sometimes you get into the place where you go, okay, this is where I have to do this. This is where I have to do this. I have to take it a little easy on here so that I can get to that point and go big. This, it's like, I can't do it less than a thousand percent. I just mm. can't. It's impossible for me to step out on that stage and not go, I'm doing this for Bob and myself. It's it's a lot. It's a it's a lot, but it feels right to be doing it. Well, of course, dance in this production is also a family affair for you because your wife is yeah. part of the creative team. Yeah. So I'm wondering what it's like working together on a show, and um, also how you balance being, you know, parents yeah. and <laughs> working on Broadway. <laughs> I just have to, you know, just say that I'm so proud of my wife because, you know, she really is, I would say she really is like the soul of this show. I think she keeps everything together. She's the glue that keeps it together. And, um, she's put so much of her soul into this show. And so she's, I mean, she's been working on this show for two years now and mm -hmm. I've just been watching her before I was even involved, watching yeah. how much research she did, how many meetings she had, how, how, um, watching her do the choreography and like being so hard on herself to get it right. Mm -hmm. Um, because she wanted to make sure that if Bob was still alive, that he would be proud of the work that she did. Um, and she also feels this immense pressure that as we all know, Fosse, there is, there is, there are people that are purists and then there are people that are open to seeing this version, which I would say this version is Wayne. It is Wayne's interpretation on his on how he experienced Fosse. And neither is wrong. The one way that we all know, because it was such a huge success, is right too. His version is right too. Because why would we go back to what we said? Me, bringing me to the room, mm. bringing me to the piece. That's what Bob liked. And so you can't say that Wayne is wrong when he's bringing <laughs> his experience to the process. But as you were asking, I mean, I'm super... I'm super proud of her. Funny enough, we met doing Wicked, and uh, she was my boss there. She was she was <laughs> she was the associate there, and we actually were on stage together. Um, and in Sweet Charity, she was the associate as well there. And so we've gotten very accustomed to working together. It's it's interesting. Most people don't know that we're married be mm. or even together because yeah. we keep it very separate. Yeah. When we're in a room, we're not cuddling, we're not hugging or like, Hey babe, I love you. You know, mm -hmm. like it's very, we even walk in separately. We stay, we stay on opposite sides of the room. I'll take the notes of course, because uh, it has to be professional, you know? I mean, it's weird for, it's weird for a cast when, it's weird for a cast already when they know that people are together, but it's even more so weird when it's PDA in front of the cast. Right. They don't, they don't know if they can talk to you. They don't know if, you know, it, it becomes one of those weird things. So we keep a very clear separation, even so much so as when we go home, we don't talk about the show. 
but you know, it's been interesting with our kids, you know, our yeah. kids, our kids have had the pandemic. So, you know, they've had yeah. us home all the time and they're, they're very, the little one's confused. Like, so I'll see you in the morning. I'm like, yeah, we'll see you in the morning, buddy. Um, <laughs> and, and my older one, you know, he's, he's having, he's having a bit of tough time with it. Cause he's just like, you know, he doesn't like it when we leave him at school. I think it's good for them. I think it's good for them to see their parents are doing something that they love. Mm. And you know, this is a huge passion project for both of us. Like I said, it's brought me out of my dance retirement. It's been interesting for her because she she is probably one of the most fantastic female dancers, probably dancers that I've ever seen in my life. And she's not getting to experience this as a performer. And 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 I know for her that is a little bit like she's like, oh, you know, I really wish I could do some of this stuff. But mm -hmm. it's so great seeing all of you do it. I don't know. It's just it's a super healthy, amazing balance. Um, and it is it is a balancing act to work yeah. with your partner. But I think we do it well and I think we we thrive in it. So you've been so gracious with your time. Yeah, and I know you have yeah. to go. You do have a you have a show to tech. I do. Um, but before you go, I'm curious, do you have a favorite moment in the show? The problem is I have so many favorite moments, um, but it I do, be, it, it can I, be a tear. No, I do have to say I en I enjoy because it's the first time I've ever done it professionally. Is the tap and sing sing sing? Mm. I really enjoy it. It feels good. It feels like I'm transported to another time. It's like it's crazy. I I I I really get so deep into it that I forget that I'm dancing, mm. and then it's over, and I'm like, oh, once again, it goes back to that. Felt so good. Well, luckily you get to do it eight times a week. Yeah, well, that's that's going to be the challenge is eight times a week, but <laughs> but it is it's worth it, I think. Yeah, the marathon of yeah, the show, it which is. it's also unprecedented. I mean, it's been a long time since we've had a dance show like this on Broadway. I think people are 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 not ready for what they're going to sit through. <laughs> I, I that's exactly what I'm hoping. I mean, I hope people come in. It has been funny to see people that are what I would consider Fosse purists that come in and I think they're coming in to hate it. And then they leave and they're like almost angry that they like it. And I'm like, haha, I told you, I knew you were going to like it. Well, I was going to say this earlier, but now I will. Bob didn't like revisiting his work. So, you know, it's an interesting thing that if he were alive today and remounting the show, I'd be curious, what would he change? What would he keep? What would he, what would he want to revisit? What would he throw out? What would he do over? You know, we don't know. He wasn't know. precious. He wasn't no, precious. Yeah. No, and yeah. to your point, like this is Wayne's moment, right? It's your moment. It's everyone's moment to bring themselves to something that Bob created, but to also create something new and fresh. Yeah. I think so. And it's also too, isn't that the point of a revival? Yes. <laughs> the point of a revival is not to do the exact same thing. The point of a revival is to pay homage to what it was and find a way to make it new. Yeah. You know, that would be boring. So just restage <laughs> a show and do it verbatim. You know, it's... It needs the soul. Yeah. And like we said already, me. Yeah, you can't you. find that individual. <laughs> you can't find the individual that created it. You can't find Wayne. There's no Wayne. There's only Wayne. You can't find Anne Ranking. There's no Anne Ranking. There's only Anne. You can find people that try to imitate that, but that's not a real performance. Right. That's not real. You got to have the person and the person that knows themselves well enough that they know how to deliver and do the work the way that they experience it. And I think that's what Bob would want is he wants to hire artists that experience his work that he gives them that they make their own. Mm. It's my opinion. I could be wrong, but no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> no, <I think laughs> it's not an opinion. It's fact. <laughs> fact. In fact, you just gave us our ending to the show. Exactly. So yeah. thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> that was perfect. Awesome. Thanks thank so you. much, man. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you. A dancing man, a dancing man, a 
Bob Fosse's Dancing is now on Broadway at the Music Box Theater. For tickets and more information, visit dancinbway.com. Dancing Man, a Fabulous Invalid podcast, is a production of O&M Etc. and the Fabulous Invalid LLC, and a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. Special thanks to Civilian for hosting us, and to our audio engineer, Kyle Moore. If you liked this episode, we've got over 100 episodes of the Fabulous Invalid podcast that you can check out, including a two-parter on the life, work, and legacy of Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. You can find us online at thefabulousinvalid.com and on social media at fabulousinvalid and on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.